0: You know, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 8 of Luke chapter 18 this morning.
1: And at the end of 17, Jesus talked a little bit about his coming and the mindset and the attitude that you and I need to have concerning the reality of his second coming. As we get into chapter 18, we're going to see that Jesus is going to change the subject now and move into an area that all of us can relate to, and that is the issue of prayer. The reality is, is that all of us pray. Even, even atheists pray. I'll just be honest with you, even atheists pray because at some time when you face things, you, you, you're going to result to, it's just wired within the human nature that you're going to cry out to somebody for help. And so all of us pray, the question is, is how do we pray? And you know, as I think about humans and, and, and the nature of prayer, prayer can be kind of divided into two different types of prayer that we pray. There's trivial prayer. What do you mean by that, George? Trivial prayer? Well, you you know, it's the kind of prayer like when you go to Walmart and it's really busy there and you need to find a parking space and you don't want to park down way at the end. You want to park close. And so you ask God for, God, can you give me a parking place at Walmart? Now, you're laughing, but that's what we do, do we not? That's trivial prayer. But then there's also prayer that we engage in which we call I would call serious prayer that's when we're dealing with the stuff in life and we're dealing with issues that we're facing choices that we have to make important decisions maybe we're dealing with health issues maybe we're dealing with some other circumstance that's going on in our life and we get serious with God about the prayers. We we want an answer from Him, and so forth. So there there are serious prayers. So you know we fluctuate between the two. We fluctuate between the trivial things, God, I need to get out of Walmart. Can you open up another lane? To the desperate things. Now now here we're going to look today in verses one through eight. Jesus is not going to really, I, to be honest with you, when you think about the trivial things that we pray about, they are trivial. So we're not even going to talk about that. But Jesus is going to talk to us today about a dimension of prayer that all of us can relate to. I call it, and that's what we've entitled the message, desperate prayers. Desperate prayers, because all of us have been there. All of us have been there where we have been in situations that have been so out of our control, that are so... And we don't like that, do we? We don't like things to be out of our control. We like to be in control of stuff. Have you noticed that we're all control freaks? Have you noticed that? Look to your neighbor right now and say, you're a control freak. That's reality, is it not? Now, some of you are laughing because you wanted to tell the person next to you that, but you didn't know how to tell them that. But that's so true. And so when we face situations that are out of our control, maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a pink slip at work. Maybe it's a child gone wrong or a relationship that's gone wrong. I mean, we could go on and on and talk about the desperate situations that we find ourselves in, and and we end up in a place where we have desperate prayer. Now, now here's the problem. We'll talk about it as we get into this passage. There's a limit to how long we engage in desperate prayers. And really, that's what Jesus is going to talk about here with us today. So read along with me these first eight verses and see what Jesus tells us here. Verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying there was a certain, in a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard men. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard men, Will he really find faith on the earth? Folks, we can take this passage, these eight verses, and really divide him up into three sections here. First of all, we're going to see the concern. We see that in verse 1. We're going to see the concern that Jesus has. This is why he gives us the parable. Then we're going to see the illustration. We're going to see in verses 2 to 5 the illustration that he gives us to the point that he wants to make. And then verses 6 through 8, he's going to give us the lesson. We're going to talk about desperate prayer. We're going to talk about our prayer life. And we're going to see the lesson that Jesus has for us. So let's notice, first of all, the concern. Notice with me verse 1. Notice what it says there. Luke is writing. He says this. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Two things I want you to see here from this verse about Jesus' concern. Number one, Jesus is concerned about our prayer life. Luke is saying to us here, the whole basis of about what he's about to speak about is because Jesus is concerned about how you're praying. Jesus is concerned about the prayer life that you have. He's concerned about the stuff that you pray about. He's concerned about the fact that you are praying. Now you say, why? Why would that matter to Jesus, whether I pray trivial prayers, or whether I pray desperate prayers, or whether I do a serious prayer time, Why would
0: it matter to him?
1: Well, let's remind ourselves of something, first of all, what prayer is. We've reduced prayer down to a religious exercise. We think it's something that we have to do as Christians. But prayer is a whole lot more than that. In fact, prayer is a whole lot more complex than that. The reality is is that each of you, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you have put your trust and faith in Christ alone for your salvation, you have entered into a relationship with the living God. Let me remind you that one of the components, there are basically two components to a relationship. Speech and hearing. You know that's true from your relationships. You know that's true from your human relationships if you're married. If you have a spouse, so if you have a husband and wife, And, and they don't talk to each other? How far is that relationship going? How far is it going, folks? Is it going anywhere? It's not going, it's headed for trouble, isn't it? The reality is, is that in a relationship, there needs to be communication going on. Now, we already know how God communicates to us. How does He communicate to us, folks? Through His Word. We have the Word of God to us. Now, there's a component where we must, what, communicate to Him. Well, how does that happen? Prayer. Prayer. Because prayer is nothing more than you communicating, you speaking towards God. You coming to Him and telling Him the things that are on your heart, the things that you're dealing with, the things that you're wrestling with, even the trivial things. And so when Jesus is concerned about our prayer life, He has a reason to be concerned about our prayer life, because I'll be honest with you folks, it's about our relationship with Him. And here it tells us in Luke 18 that he spoke this parable because he's concerned about their prayer life. Why? Here's the second point I want you to see. Jesus wants us to persevere in prayer. He wants us to persevere in prayer. Notice Luke says it this way. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. What's he talking about here? See, here's the thing. Jesus is concerned about not just that you're praying. The fact is he's concerned about that you don't give up praying. Because that's our tendency as human beings. You say, what do you mean, George? Well, you and I could be praying about something, especially in desperate prayers, when we're facing a desperate situation, and we feel that God's maybe not answering our prayers as quick as we want Him to, or we feel that God's not answering our prayers the way we want Him to. Our human tendency is to what, folks? Give up. You say, what do you mean the way we want Him to? Well, don't you pray this way sometimes? I know I do. God, I want you to solve this problem. Here, I've already got it worked out, Lord. If you could do these steps. Here's step one, step two, step three, step four, five, and six. Now, if step two doesn't work out, I've got alternate plan B, God. And we, the created, tell the creator how to do things. And when he doesn't do it, we get disappointed, we give up. In fact, you might be here and you've been praying for a loved one to come to Jesus and you've been praying for years, you've been praying for a change in his life and you don't see anything happening, what's our tendency? Give up. So here's what I want you to see. Here's the concern about Jesus. He's not just concerned about you praying. He wants you to persevere in prayer. He wants you to continue in prayer. No matter what else is happening around you. No matter how desperate it gets. No matter how it just seems like nothing is changing. Jesus is getting ready to give us an illustration and a teaching here to encourage us to keep on praying. To hang in there. To don't give up. You just hang on. You just have trust. You keep on praying. So then he gives us an illustration that that we can relate to here. So I notice notice with me, it's in verses 2 to 5. He uses the illustration of a widow who goes to an unjust judge. Now, let me explain to you. In their culture, sort of like our culture today, if you had a dispute, you would go to a judge. Sort of like today, if you have a dispute with your neighbor... You would go to the magistrate. Unless it's a really big thing, then you go to the court, the circuit court or whatever. You would go to the magistrate, small claims, and and, you know you would present your case, and and whoever you're upset would present their case, and you would allow for the magistrate to make a decision. And usually what happens is, is nobody wins. That's the way it is in our culture. Same way in their culture, but except in their culture it was a little bit different we, we are introduced to a judge. It's just right off the bat. The judge is already described as an unjust judge. So what does that mean? Justice doesn't really matter to him. You say, well, what matters to him? Well, what was often happened in their culture is, is that what mattered to him was money. Getting something from somebody. So he has this widow come to him. So let me explain her situation to you. In fact, this is the first point I want you to see. The widow's situation was desperate. In their culture, it was a patriarchal culture. What do you mean by that? Really, it's a little bit different than our culture today because of our laws and so forth. A woman can stand on her own in our culture, but that wasn't true in their culture. It was basically the male head of the home. And if he died, obviously that's the case with this woman because she's a widow, That left the woman in a desperate situation because there was not a male to take care of it. And from the text here, from the passage in the scripture, we see that she has an adversary, probably a neighbor who's maybe wanting to encroach on some property that she belongs to, or has taken something from her. So she really doesn't have any way of dealing with it. Because in their culture, it's a male-oriented society. Females did not have Necessarily, rights or a means of standing up for themselves. That's why can I be honest with you, in the Old Testament God declares himself as a protector of two specific groups that were seen as the lowest of the destitute in their society. Widows and orphans the fatherless. So here she is, her situation is desperate. She goes to this court to seek her justice in fact that brings up the next point there was only one possible solution for her is to go to the magistrate to go to the judge and have him deal with the adversary that's her only, her only hope there's nothing else she can do she's in a desperate situation here so she goes to the judge she says to the judge give me justice you deal with my adversary but the, here's the problem folks does he do that? Well, ultimately he does, but at first, no. Because he really doesn't care. I mean, he says it right in the passage. It says that, number one, he didn't even fear God, and he sure didn't consider man. He's not really worried about what people are saying about him. So he doesn't give her justice at all. But here's the next point I want you to see here, that we see from the illustration, is that her persistence paid off. What do you mean her persistence paid off? Well, here's what she did. She didn't accept no for an answer. So she goes to him one day, I need justice. No. Guess what? Next morning, guess who's there? First one in line to talk about her case. I need justice. No. Next morning, guess who's back? I need justice. She comes continually seeking justice. And finally, look look at what it says here. Isn't it interesting? Look at verse 4 and 5. And he would not for a while. So that means we're talking about a period of time here. He kept saying no for a long period of time here. But finally, he just gets to the place. Notice what he says there. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. What's he saying here? I'm sick of being nagged. Her persistence paid off. He says, I'm tired of seeing her face in court every day. I already know what the issue is. And you know what? I'm going to give her what she wants because I'm tired of seeing her. Persistence pays off. That's the illustration get Jesus gives here. Her situation is desperate. She's got only one solution. Go to the judge. And she's not going to accept no for an answer. And she keeps coming until her persistence pays off. This is the illustration Jesus gives us. Now he's going to explain it to us. Now he's going to give us a lesson. Here's what you and I need to hear. Because here's the reality. Listen to me. Some of you here today, your situation's desperate. You're facing something. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a relationship issue. And, and you don't really know what to do. And you cried out to God to a point, but after a while, you've even given up on that. But your situation is desperate, and, and, and you really want to know, because you're, you're, you're grasping it. Jesus is concerned. He wants you to be patient. He wants you to be persistent. But there's a lesson for you here. You need to not give up completely. You need to rest in, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning, and to tell you something, that even though you're facing a situation that's tough and difficult, don't give up. don't give up hope. Because that's really what it is when we give up, don't we? We give up hope. When we get to the place where we just want to chuck it, we basically are giving up hope. So I want you to notice what he says here. Look with me. We're going to read this passage together, and then I'm going to give you the points that I, I see out of this passage for you and I. There are lessons, three points. Look with me at verse 6. Verse 6, he says, Hear what the unjust judge said. Shall God not avenge his own elect... Who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Three things I want you to see out of here. Number one, Jesus calls us to pay attention. it in verse six. He wants you to pay attention. Look at what he says in verse 6. Hear what the unjust judge says. He's drawing attention to this lesson. Because sometimes, folks, we need a kick in the pants. Because your situation can get so desperate, you can get to the point where you just want to lose hope. And it's like, I prayed that prayer. I prayed it many times, George. Nothing's changed. And you get so focused on the stuff that's going wrong in your life, sometimes you need to be told, Pay attention. Snap out of it. Take a step back from your despair. There's a greater lesson here that God wants you to hear. There is a f- message for you from His Word. Pay attention. And so for some of you here, you're desperate, you want to know hear something from Him, you don't know how it's going to, how it's going to happen, and, and the first thing you need to hear is, is, take a chill pill, back up, and pay attention to God's Word. Pay attention. That's what he's saying here. Jesus calls us to pay attention. What's the point? Here's what Jesus is saying. He goes right into it. Look at verse 7. And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him though he bears long with them? Here's what I want you to see. God responds to his children in his time. See, here's what happens, folks. When we get to the place where we've cried out to him in the desperation of our situation and we get to the place where we just want to give up It's like I've prayed this prayer for a long time, Jesus. How many years do you want me to pray this prayer, Jesus? How long do I need to do this, Jesus? Here's what happens. You just give up. Here's what's going on when you give up. You are saying that you no longer trust Him to take care of the situation. You're saying you no longer believe that He can handle this situation. You're saying that God can't do it. Because He didn't do it when you wanted Him to do it on your time schedule. And what Jesus is saying here, He's wanting us to understand the issue isn't God. Because God can do it. The issue is you've lost hope. The issue is what you believe about Him. The issue is your faith. Because look at what He says there. Shall God not avenge His own elect who cry out to Him day and night? Though He bears long with Him. What does that mean, though He bears long with Him? Though He doesn't do it in your time schedule. See, the issue is what you believe. God is still God. you got to grasp that. He's still in control. He can still do it. you got to hold on to Him. And when you want to give up, you're communicating something about your God. You're really communicating something about what you believe about your God. So you keep praying. You hear you. For years, I'm honest with you, we don't. You know, in the last twenty or thirty years, we've lost the lingo in, in in our churches. How many of you remember? How many of you have been around a lot of churches a long time and you remember here, the old pastors would say about praying it through. What does that mean? That you would keep bring it, bringing it before the Lord until you knew that He heard you, until you had a sense that God, I don't need to pray about this. Heard me. I don't know what the answer is going to be, but he heard me. We don't talk that way anymore because we've, we've gotten to the place in our Christianity today in North America where we make excuses now for why God doesn't answer our prayers. Folks, God still answers prayers. It's just that we give up too soon. We give up too soon. Because it speaks more about what we believe about our God. In fact, this is the point, this is the third point here, the issue is our faith. Look exactly what Jesus says at the end of verse 8. He says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, what's that saying? When he comes in the second coming. Look at the question he has here, because it's an issue of you and I. The issue is our faith. Will he really find faith on the earth? And faith here, folks, is more than just a simple belief. Faith is a commitment to a trust in God and His Word, even in spite of circumstances or whatever situations we may face. Will he find a faith? The issue is, is, even though you're in a desperate situation, even though you are praying about it and you're asking, you're going to hold on, you're going to trust Him, in spite of what else is happening, because your faith isn't in circumstances around you. Your faith is in the God of the universe who will answer. This is what Jesus is talking about here. So don't give up. Don't give up in your desperation. Hold on. Hold on to Him who loves you, who died for you, who cares for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't give up. You so here, George. How do we apply this to our lives? Here's a couple things I want to ask you. Number one, are you desperate? Have you given up? Again, I don't know what you're facing. Maybe you have a diagnosis of a health issue and you haven't told anybody else that. But you're desperate. Maybe it's it's a marital relationship that's not going well and you don't know what to do and you're desperate. Maybe it's a child who has gone wrong and you're desperate. And you don't know what to do. Maybe you're at a crisis of faith. You've trusted in Jesus, and and you are desperate because you maybe you just don't sense His presence in your life, and and you don't see the answer to prayer, and and you're at a desperate point about what you believe. I don't know what this situation is, but the question is is are you desperate? Have you given up? Because if we can get to that place where we pray so much about it, we don't see an answer, we're just like okay, I'm done with this. I'm done. Is that you? Have you given up? Here, I want you to listen to me. If you have, that's normal. But I want to encourage you today. Even if you've given up, start praying again. Here's the other question. What does that say about your faith? What does that say about what you believe about Jesus? What does that say about what you believe about your God? If you are at that place of desperation and you've prayed and you've given up, what does it say about where you're at? If the Son of Man were to come today, if Jesus were to come today, would he find faith? Would he? See these are some hard questions. They're not going to I'll be honest with you, they're not questions that you can answer just in the moment right now. Oh yeah, yeah, or or no. No 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 no, no. you got to understand, you got to think about these. You in fact, you got to pray about those things. You need to go to him and say, "Lord, have I given up on you?" What do I really believe about you? So, really, here, here's your action point. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do this week. I, I, I mean, here's the reality. How do we get out of that? What do we do with this? What do, what do we see that Jesus is telling us to do? I, I think the reality is this keep praying until you know God has heard you. You just keep praying until you know God has heard you. Don't give up. And listen, folks, sometimes the prayers don't even have to be words. Sometimes the prayers can just be you on your face before God. And it's just emotion. It's tears. It's groans. It's saying to Him, Lord, I don't even know how to pray. In fact, isn't that what the Bible says we know not how to pray? That the Spirit, what intercedes for us... The simple fact is that you go to Him and you speak to Him and you say to Him, God, I need you. I'm not even going to tell you how to do it, but I need you. You're my only hope. You're my only solution to this. I need you. I want to give up. Help me not to give up. Keep praying pray it through until you sense he's heard you and folks you'll know isn't that what the scripture says Philippians chapter 4 be anxious for nothing but in all things through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus Jesus See, that's what praying it through is. See, some of you aren't praying long enough. Some of you aren't praying at all. Some of you have just plain given up. You need to pray. He's not going to necessarily give you the answer you want. He's not going to say, oh yeah, I agree with you. We'll do it your way. Uh, He doesn't do that, folks. Aren't you glad he doesn't? But he will give you a peace.
0: So some of you need to keep praying until you know that God has heard you. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web